The following audio is from Overland Park Community Church. More information about OPCC is available online at www.overlandpark.cc. So we've been studying in Ephesians about um, how Paul wrote this letter to the church, and it was about how the church is, is to function in the world. And it was, it was not to one specific church. It was to be read in all the churches. It wasn't dealing with a problem. It was just dealing with, hey, man, this, this is what you can expect. This is, this is what it's like to follow the Lord. And he talked about all the spiritual wealth that we have in Christ. And so we start in first, uh, chapter 1, 2, and 3, and it's just all about all that Christ has provided for us. Our blessings are in heavenly places, and, and we are spiritually wealthy people if we know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And so then he begins to shift in chapters 4, 5, and 6 to the more practical. Therefore, since all of these promises are ours, this is how they ought to manifest themselves in, in our lives. And when he, we, where we left off um, previously as we were talking about how this begins to inter- impact our relationships, our relationship with, with our, our spouses, our children, and, and our employers, and, and as, uh, how we do work. You know? and, and so then he talks about the unity. And then he ends on this very famous passage that has to do um, with uh, spiritual warfare and the enemy coming against us. And it's fascinating to me. I don't know if you've ever had those experiences where you're working on a project or you're doing something, and it, man, man, everything just seems like it's clicking on all eight cylinders. You're just running through, and, and man, everything's falling in place. Maybe you're working on a project outside. It's getting the springtime, you know, and you're thinking about doing projects outside, maybe in the front or backyard, a new flower bed or a new deck or something, and, and you're a project person, and you start working on it. Man, you've got everything that you need. You're not even having to go to Home Depot. Everything just falling right in line. And it's like you're so efficient and so productive. And then all of a sudden, somebody calls you and says, hey, man, I- I've had some car trouble. Can you come and help me out? You're like, oh. Like, come on, man. Like, you don't tell them that, but you're thinking in your mind, come on, man, you're coming against me. Like everything's falling in place in this particular project. And, and so you stop, and it kind of interrupts it. And so you have those moments. Here's the deal is when you get serious about following the Lord Jesus Christ as not only your Savior but your Lord, and you get amped up and you start making a commitment to following Jesus, not going to church, not just going to church, uh, but, but moving beyond an experience that is just religious, and now you're seeing Jesus as Lord, and you're trying to walk out your commitment to him in faithful obedience to what he's calling you to do, you will find that things will start to come against you. It is a war, and the more you get serious about following the Lord, the more the enemy is stirred in your life. And so we're in this battle um, that I've taught on in this church on several occasions that we're in a battle and it is a, a, a war in which that we can get extremely discouraged, we can get depressed, and we can feel defeated if we don't understand what's going on in and around um, all of the experiences we're having. And so the battle that we face, here's what I've learned, it, it can either be the source of your greatest joy or the source of your deepest pain. And so what happens is the enemy, like a lot of times we'll start getting focused on growing in the Lord and the enemy will sidetrack us and we'll get off track and because of that we'll start to feel shame and he'll start to show us, man, like he'll start to whisper things in our ears like you guys, uh, you, 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 he'll say to us, you, you stink, man, you can't do this. You said you were going to do this for the Lord and look at you, you're not even, you have done nothing after you've made that bold statement of faith. And so he just starts to discourage us. And so part of my job as a pastor and part of what Paul is doing in Ephesians is he is 
um, trying to get us prepared for the battle that we face on a daily basis. And so the war is a spiritual battle. And it's, it's a battle that must be fought on a spiritual level. That's why Paul has taken all the time in Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3 to tell us how much spiritual power we have available to us. Is that we're not living these lives where we don't have everything that is necessary to equip us for the journey that lies ahead to be fruitful in the kingdom of the Lord. It's like we need to be reaching people. One of the things the Lord has said to me as I've been away from the church for a couple of weeks going into these other ministries, and I'm just going to say it as boldly as I know how, we are not seeing enough people give their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ in our church. Like it's just not happening like it should happen. We should see more fruitful things happening. And it can't be just upon me like to go and do that. We have to work in tandem with one another and inviting our friends, reaching out to them, loving, connecting, building relationships, spending time in prayer. And, and I believe the Lord really wants to do something in this ministry. And that's the whole reason that I came to this community and, and moved here and brought my family here is because I believe the Lord wants to do something special at this place that we call OPCC. And I believe some really cool things are happening um, behind the scenes. Some people are getting a little bit more serious about their walk with the Lord. They're trying to stretch. They're trying to understand what it means to be a disciple maker and go out and make other disciples. And they're leading in ways that they've never led before in their lives. And I'm encouraged by that. But what we need to see is a harvest of righteousness come in. Jesus promised that the harvest is plentiful. He said, but the laborers are few. So pray to the Lord that he would send laborers to bring in the harvest. And I believe the Lord wants to do something extremely special in this church as he's started to move in a very special way. And it's going to take all of us to accomplish what it is that the Lord wants to do. So what does the word tell us? It tells us that when we get serious and we start putting our shoulder to the plow, that we begin to enter into a battle and we're going to fight uh, on a spiritual plane, we're going to have things that are coming against and trying to stop the movement of the Lord. And so Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10, listen to this passage of Scripture. Finally, he says. So like in that finally, he's like, man, look at all this spiritual wealth you have, church. Look at everything that Jesus has purchased for you on the cross of Calvary. Look at everything that is put and deposited into your spiritual account so that you could access and utilize for the kingdom of Christ. And after he says that, after he tells us what our responsibilities is, are in our relationship, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. And so Paul very clearly says, man, when you get serious about following the Lord and living out all of the spiritual wealth that he has provided you, you need to understand that you are entering into a struggle, and the struggle is real, and there is an enemy that is scheming against us to keep the kingdom of Christ from advancing. 
And so what he's saying is like you don't need to be surprised when things get difficult in your life because you're focusing on advancing the kingdom in your own life and in the lives of other people. So when we look at this, we see that that spiritual warfare is a conflict that is being waged in the invisible spiritual realm and it's being manifest in the visible physical realm. And so where we're looking and we see things happening, but what we must understand is that behind everything that is happening, there are spiritual influences. So to put it another way, the cause of the war is something you can't see. Like you see the effects of the war, but you don't see the things physically with your eyes that are causing some of the things to happen. And so we have to be in tune with this and understand what is going on. Verse 12 identifies the enemy very clearly. If you believe that the word is true, you believe that that it is inerrant as I do, like I believe Jesus uh, uh, told us, like he is the word, he is the logos. We know that the scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so as we read it, we can look at it and know we find truth in it. We can apply it to our lives. In verse 12, he clearly identifies the enemy that we're facing. It is Satan and his demons, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Like Our struggle is not against people. Our struggle, he says, is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. And so the, the battle that we are engaged with is, is being influenced heavily by an enemy in which we cannot see. Just like we cannot see Jesus with our physical eyes. Like I've never seen Jesus, but I've seen the effects of Jesus played out in my own life and in the lives of others. As the Lord moves and his Holy Spirit comes over people and they are influenced to do things for the Lord Jesus Christ, then Jesus is through the power of the Holy Spirit, influencing things, and we don't see him doing it physically, but invisibly he is doing it, and the impact physically we see. Even as you watch me preach this message today, you're seeing something invisible playing out in a physical reality. I am not doing this for money. I did not go into the ministry because I thought it was a good career. I did it specifically because the Lord called me as I discovered how freeing it was to totally surrender my life to the Lord Jesus Christ and the abundance that came from that and the freedom that came into my life and the joy of the Holy Spirit and the peace that passes all understanding. I was blown away by the word of the Lord. And the more of the word that got in me, the more it needed to get out of me. And so right now today what is happening is the word is coming out of me because invisibly, spiritually, the Lord Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit has put it in me. The same thing is happening on the opposite side of the the equation where the enemy is coming against people in the world. And the more focused we get on the kingdom, the more the enemy is stirred up to try to stop us. Now, here's the thing. is like if you aren't doing anything, like if there is no spiritual warfare going on in your life, there is no battle, it's probably a good indication that you're not doing anything for the kingdom of Christ. Like The enemy is not going to mess with you if you are idle. Like he's not gonna, he's not gonna mess around with you because you're not doing anything for the kingdom. So why wake you up? Leave you in that lulled, paralyzed state where you're accomplishing nothing for eternity whatsoever, where no truth is coming into the world through the vehicle of your life and through the transformation that Christ has brought about in your life. Why mess with you? And so like the, the, the one might go, well, yeah, maybe... Maybe I should not try to grow spiritually and things will go out a little bit, they'll go a little smoother for me. They will. They will go smoother for you in the material world. Things won't be as difficult. 
but you will never know meaning, you will never know peace, you will never know joy, you will never know what it is like to really be alive. This is why we can look in the world and we can see people who, by material standards, have it all, but they take their own lives or they're addicted to a chemical substance. Why? Because life doesn't make sense for them. They've arrived at the pinnacle of all that the material could give them, and they feel empty on the inside. And so they are perishing, and they end up doing something to harm themselves. And so we must realize that there is a real enemy. And so people can be bad, and they are bad, but they are merely conduits for the battle that we are engaging in. And so Satan works in conjunction with the flesh and sin to manipulate human beings. Now, I don't believe Satan is not omnipresent like God. Like the Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is in me. He is in you at the same time. The Lord is with me um, spiritually as I preach this message. And there are ministers all throughout this community today that are preaching the gospel of, uh, of the Lord, the good news of Christ. And the Holy Spirit is with them too. The enemy, Satan himself, cannot be physically or spiritually trying to come against me while simultaneously trying to come against someone else. But the scripture very clearly teaches that there was an angelic realm that rebelled through um, Satan himself's rebellion, and there were many spiritual beings that chose to rebel with him. And they operate in conjunction with um, the, uh, the enemy, Satan, and to influence humanity. And so there very well could be an enemy trying to come against you even in this moment. Like he's probably messing with you in a way. Like he's probably saying, oh, all this devil stuff. Come on, really? I mean, this is the year 2018. Yeah, like we're much more, like we've arrived at a much, like we are so enlightened now, we don't have time for devils. And, and we don't have time to believe that the Bible is true. And so we look at our world and we go, what's wrong with our world? And we try to legislate morality. What's wrong with our world is we've lost touch with the reality and the truth of the word of God that hell exists, that an enemy exists, and evil exists. And that's what's influencing people to do wicked things like going into schools and shooting people up. That's what's going on in our world. That's why the, the family is collapsing. Is that a real spiritual enemy exists and he's attacking the thing that God ordained in order for the uh, world to function in harmony and unity. He attacks the family. And so what is the thing that happens when marriage gets difficult? We just leave each other. There is a real strong influence and there is a real strong, as Shay has talked about the last couple of weeks, stronghold. Not only does a stronghold exist in lives, it exists in communities. And there is a stronghold on this community. Like I have never labored so hard and, and prayed so hard in all my life for the Lord to break out and do something incredible in a community as I have for this one. And it has been so slow and I believe it is because the stronghold is so great on this community. And so what it's going to require is all of us engaging in the battle and understanding that the Lord wants to do something in this community and strategically he has placed us in this location in this time in order to reach out to the people whose lives have a stronghold on them. They are believing error. They don't understand that there is an invisible world out there that is influencing everything that is going on and they don't know Jesus. They might believe in Jesus. They might say that they, they, they are Catholic or they go to this church, that church, or the other church, but they've never had a born-again experience where their lives have been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so they're just religious people. And religion will never get you right with the Lord. 
Religion will only cause problems with other human beings. A relationship with Jesus Christ is the only thing that will make you right with the Lord. It is the only thing that will correct the problems and the ills in society. It is the only hope for our community. And we are, we are charged with the responsibility as a church to go and make disciples. And so part of our job at being in the kingdom of Christ is to reach out and love our neighbors as we love ourselves and to make disciples. Like, that's, that's what we're called to do. It's as simple as that. And so we have to turn ourselves inwardly and look inside and go, what am I doing to make disciples? How am I growing? How am I stretching? How am I listening to the Lord? How am I beginning, beginning to bring my life under the obedience and submission of the Holy Spirit so that he can take me on a journey and use me to make another disciple for the Lord Jesus Christ? And so that's what the war is all about. Now, here's the thing, is that, Again, people can and will do bad things. But the, the enemy, even though he's not omnipresent, he has legions of um, um, demonic forces that he leads, and he manipulates humanity by catering to the weakness of the flesh. What is the flesh? It is the stuff that we can see. What is the enemy described as in the Bible? The prince of darkness, the prince of the earth. The world right now, the earth belongs to him. Like it was created by God, but he is described as the ruler of the earth. It is the physical thing that we can't, we can see. Jesus will return in the future. Scripture clearly lays all of this out. Jesus will return in the future. He will come at the second coming, just like the Bible predicted and prophesied that he would come the first time. He comes as a suffering servant. The second time, he comes as a conquering king. What does he conquer? The earth. He takes it back for himself. What does he do? He recreates a new heaven and a new earth. And the church, he presents back to God the Father. So God the Son, who made the sacrifice and atonement for the sins of all humanity who are covered by the blood of Jesus because they have repented of their sins and surrendered to him, all of those people come into now the kingdom of God. When Jesus returns, reclaims the earth for himself and casts the enemy out, he will present it back to God the Father as a gift with all of the people, his body, the church, to him. And so this whole cosmic battle is about that. But yet we seem to be more concerned and more worried about uh, the, the homes that we have and the remodels that we're doing and the jobs that we have and the, and the careers and whether our kids are making the starting team or they're, they're in first chair and band or in, they're in this club or they're in that club or whatever. And we have no, like we're not thinking about what really matters. Like, like what is more important than anything in the universe if we believe in Jesus for the salvation of our sins? He said, I'm coming back, and I want you to make disciples until that day that I return to the planet. It must be the most influential thing in our lives. And if we're not living that way, then we're missing the abundant life that he promised that he would give us in John chapter 10, verse 10. So when we get serious about that and we go, man, whoa, whoa, this makes sense to me. I want to sell out. Like, I want to sell out and I want to understand what it means to follow Jesus and be uh, involved in the battle that Jimmy is describing today. When you get serious about that, then you can begin to realize that as you grasp the spiritual worldview and get concerned about it, it starts to impact you. Like it starts to impact you in, in major ways. I'm watching it. Some of you, like I am watching 
uh, you like and, and praying over you as I watch you step out a little further in faith and do things that you have never done before for the kingdom. And I'm watching specifically how the battle is impacting your life. And you're having to struggle. Like you're going through difficult times. Things are harder probably for you than they've ever been because you're stepping out. But I'm also watching on the inside that the Lord is transforming you and he's giving you a freedom that you've never known before either. And the same thing that has happened for me in ministry, that that I have remained true to ministry for over 20 years as the Lord has just brought about a fruitful development inside of my soul because I've seen the harvest beginning to happen and the joy and the fruit of the Spirit is created and bared out in my life life and it brings so much meaning, the same thing is happening for you. And so what I, my hope for the ministry of OPCC is, is that Jimmy and the staff and, and people who are paid are not the only ones experiencing the fruit of righteousness that is to be produced in all of our lives. It's not, see, we've farmed it out too long for the professional minister, and the people haven't learned, the people of God haven't understood that there's a call on their lives to make disciples. There's not a call in the life of the pastor to make disciples. There's not a call in the life of just the youth pastor or the student, pa- the, the associate pastor or the children's director, or whoever they are to make disciples. It is a call on the people of God to make disciples, all of us. And so if you're not making a disciple, I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're in uh, seventh grade like my daughter sitting on the front row or if you are a sophomore in college like Garrett sitting right there on that row or if you've been in the kingdom of God for 70 years, you were called to make disciples. Like no one is off the hook. And so if we aren't making disciples, then we're not living the life that Christ has called us to live. And so when we get serious about it, and when we get fired up about it, what happens? Well, first of all, uh, the, the, the word says, dear church, the battle impacts you personally. That's why you need to be concerned about it. You may not see the bullets, but the blood is real. There's an attack on your life, and the more concerned you get about the kingdom of Christ, the greater the battle will be. Secondly, dear church, he says, the battle impacts your family. Like, things start happening in your family. The, the, the devil messed up the first family. The first thing that he did, we see this from the time of Genesis. This was in thousands of years before we get the Gospels. We see that the first thing that happens is he makes an attack on the family that God created. As God said, I will make a man, and then I will make a woman, and the two shall become one. They're one family. And in God's sight, when a man and a woman is married and they unite in marriage, he sees them as one. He chooses them to bring new souls into the world. And so kids come into the world, new souls come into the world through a husband and a wife, and that family unit is under attack. He attacked that family, and he started to tell them, hey, really, is this what God said that you should do in your life? And so they question the authority of God, and then they start to rebel, and the same thing is happening today. Like, when you see rebellion happening in the family, then what you are witnessing is how the battle is impacting your family. And so parents have to understand You have to recognize there's a spiritual attack, dad, on your family whenever rebellion shows up. And you got to pray through that. And you got to understand it's not just about using the things that you can see in this world, though there are some great tools that you can take advantage of. There are spiritual influences behind what is happening in the behavior of your kids. Kids, like you need to understand that when you begin to rebel, and, and I know that America has said, well, that's just what teenagers do. No, it is what teenagers who are led by the enemy do. Like you're under attack 
And when you have division in your home and you feel like you're rebelling and pulling away from mom and dad, it is because the enemy is trying to bring about division in the home and attack the family and break up the unit because he knows that as you remain together and you are, are stronger, you are protected and there's healthy stuff that can happen. So you got to work against that because the enemy, the battle impacts your family. Dear church, the battle impacts your church. Like, like it impacts what we're trying to do. And the more um, that we get concerned about reaching the loss for the kingdom of Christ, and the more that we start loving people and trying to make disciples, the greater the attack will be. The more the Lord moves in our church, the greater the, the attack will be. We will see things happen that will discourage us. Like it, 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 to try to take people out of the battle. People will stumble, and you'll see the blood that gets spilled on the battlefield as you engage. So the more the church begins to grow, and the more that we get serious about putting our shoulder to the plow and seeing that the Lord wants to do something in this community, the more that we will see that, that, that marriages come under attack. Sometimes people who are very influential will go through a split in their home, and, 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 and families will go under such a severe attack, and the enemy will get a hold of somebody. Sometimes it's staff members. This is why you see ministers all the time falling. It's not just because they, they don't love Jesus. It's because there's a vicious attack upon their lives because they're trying to do something for the kingdom and the enemy finds a vulnerable place where they're, they're, they're a little weak and he comes after them and they stumble, they fall, and it impacts the entire kingdom of Christ. So it impacts our church. So what should we do? Well, man, we should be really serious about praying for the leadership of our church, praying for the move of the Holy Spirit in our church, praying for protection of our church. We need to pray for OPCC daily because our ability to deal with the spiritual realm will determine whether we win or lose in the physical realm. So what is our role? Like, what is the Lord, like, what does he want us to do in the midst of this real battle that, that we're involved in? As Satan is opposing the kingdom of God, it is all about control. It's, like, this whole cosmic battle, man, it is all about the glory of God. Like, when we submit to the Lord and we yield to him, as we learned about a few weeks ago, this, this, like the first few chapters say, listen, the more you yield to the Holy Spirit, the more the spirit, uh, uh, spiritual authority the Lord pours out in your life. And so the more you yield to him, the more power that is, is moving in your life. And so guess what? The Lord, he, he continues to pour out that spiritual authority and power in your life in order to what? Make disciples. And so the more that we're making disciples, Jesus said it, man, right before he ascended, he said, all authority on heaven and earth is given to me. And, and basically he's saying, I'm giving it to you to what? Go and make disciples. Not go and make businesses. Not go and, 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 and do hobbies. Not, not go and be great parents. Not go and, and have great vacations. I'm giving all authority to you for one thing. Make disciples. You want the spiritual authority of, the, of God the Father moving in your life, and you want to live your life in such a way that people, as you're walking down the hallway and your fellow uh, students are looking at you and they're looking up to, up to you, if you want that kind of, like, see, here's, man, the devil always falsifies things. It makes me so, can y'all tell I'm a little bit angry? I'm talking about the, the enemy, man. He gets me fired up. The enemy will get young people to seek out popularity because popularity is something that we crave, but what we don't realize is this a perversion of what we really want. What we really want is to be living a life that is pleasing to the Father. 
And so what we do, because we don't have that life, is the enemy, he, he, he fools us, he's subtle, and he gets us to pursue popularity. So we pursue popularity, and it's pleasing men that makes us popular. Therefore, we receive no spiritual authority from heaven to make disciples. And so we are trying to fulfill physically what is missing spiritually, and it never works. It never will work out. Everything that when we see sin, sin is always a perversion of something good that God has created. So here's the way it should work in our lives. A student, if they want to fulfill that desire that is inside of them, that they want to be recognized, really what they want to be recognized is by the creator of the universe. And so that student needs to get really focused on who God has created them to be. And they need to begin to pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to come over their lives. And then you need to begin to ask, Lord, help me make a disciple for you. Give me that authority that you talked about before you ascended and you told Peter, James, and John, that you would dispense through the power of the Holy Spirit. Pour that out upon me, Lord, and help me to make disciples at school. And what you will begin to notice is as you walk the hallways of the school, students will begin to look to you for leadership. Maybe not the leadership that brings about the um, a perversion of what, what people are, are looking for, the pleasure of men, but they will begin to look for you as for spiritual leadership. And as that happens and you experience for the first time what it feels like to make a disciple for the Lord Jesus Christ and to speak truth in love into someone's life, as you experience that, man, it will change you. You begin to realize there's nothing material, material in the material world that can bring the kind of pleasure that the spiritual world can bring. And some of you are having a difficult time, young people. Some of you are having a difficult time following Jesus because you're not doing anything for Jesus. You'll take a risk and become a thrill seeker and all other things because you want the world to know you're not scared of anything. You're scared to death of Jesus. If you weren't, you would begin to live exactly like I'm talking about. It is fear that the enemy uses to keep us from moving forward in our faith. So, so this whole thing is about uh, uh, glory. And so, dear church, here's the, here's, here's the next point. You must decide who is in charge of your life. God has allowed us a free will to choose. Like it's clearly taught in Scripture. God is sovereign, and he has created free will. And I can't explain all those to you, but how that works, because, I mean, guys, a lot smarter than me have been trying to do it for thousands and thousands of years. One day God will explain it to us, but he is sovereign and we have free will. The reason that so many people are weak spiritually is because they are letting Satan have charge in their life. Once you might look, well, Satan does have, have charge in my life. Here's how you know whether Satan has charge in your life. If Jesus doesn't have charge in your life, Satan does. Like if, if you are running the show in your life, that is the characteristic that we could say describes Satan more than anything. When the Bible talks to us and describes Satan in the Old Testament and about his fall, it talks about I will ascend to the high. I will lead this rebellion. I will, I will, I will. Anytime I is on the throne, Satan is in charge. 
If Jesus is not on the throne helping you make the decisions and you're submitting and yielding to his authority and the authority of the word of God in your life, then the enemy is on the throne. So if you are seated on the throne and Jesus is not seated on the throne, Satan is in charge of your life. That's what we begin to recognize that the scripture teaches. The cosmic battle is for glory and you have to decide in every situation whether God is going to get the glory or you're going to get the glory. And the more that you yield to God getting the glory in your life, the more that God can trust you with more spiritual authority to make more disciples and the more glory that he will get from your life and you will be a recipient of the pleasure of God being poured out as he manifests the fruit of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, all of these things start being bared out in our life as we yield to God getting the glory. And so like, so you have to decide who's in charge of your life. Dear church, you must choose Jesus as your source of strength. Satan is not afraid of you. He's not afraid of you at all. He is not afraid of me. But when you start talking about Jesus, one of the reasons, man, I, I figured this out a, a, a couple of years ago. I really started recognizing, man, um, I, I say God a lot. I say, well, God wants to do this in your life, and God wants to do that in your life. And sometimes I would say Christ a lot, and Christ wants to do this. And I started recognizing there is a name that is powerful, and it is Jesus. And so I've tried to be very intentional over the past couple of years as I just say Jesus a lot. Because there are a lot of people who believe in God, and their definition of God is a whole lot different. But when we are talking about Jesus, we know exactly what we're talking about. And so whenever we recognize that Jesus is the source of our strength and not God, I mean, God can mean anything. I want to know what Jesus said because Jesus was crucified on the cross of Calvary for claiming to be God. Okay, so Jesus must be the source of my strength. And as I recognize him as the source of my strength, when I receive him as Lord and Savior, he sets me free. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. I'm going to bring this plane down and land it here in a second. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. When we yield to the Lord and we recognize that Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, his shed blood covers our sins... When we recognize that, we are transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Why are we transferred? In order that we can yield to the authority of Christ in our lives, he can pour forth his Holy Spirit upon us. And as he pours forth his Holy Spirit upon us, then he becomes the source of our strength. If it is when Jesus fights the battle for you and that you don't fight the battle yourself that you win against evil. This is where AA is missing it. Like AA meets in our church all the time, and, they, and I'm, I'm thankful for them because they're helping a lot of people stay sober. But the problem that they miss it is you've got to come to a point where you recognize that Jesus is the source of strength, and you don't have to be an alcoholic the rest of your life. You can be transferred from darkness to light. And you may be a person who's prone to, to addiction, but I've seen it happen over and over again when a person finally yields to the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. They are delivered from darkness to light, and that bondage no longer has a hold on them like it used to formally. And so you don't fight in your own strength by coming up with your own God and your own system and doing things the same way. You come to a place of deliverance by recognizing that Jesus Christ is God, and when you yield to him, he lives in you and enables you to be engaged in the battle that you are waging for his kingdom. Victory is found in dependence on Jesus. And the more you know about Jesus, the more victory you will experience in your life. And Satan's entire plan is to detach you 
from that dependency. That's his whole mode of operation, is to try to get us to focus on something else. That's why you don't hear in churches anymore people proclaiming the, uh, about the blood of Christ being shed on Calvary and, and, and everything that Jesus taught and really proclaiming and being big on Jesus and saying, listen, it's not just about salvation, it's about lordship and you belong to a kingdom and, and you belong to a king and his name is Jesus and you've got to yield to him. And so we've watered it all down and there's no real spiritual authority hitting the planet and Jesus said, when you pray, you ought to pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what he's saying is, you're going to receive when you're in relationship with me the authority from heaven to bring it down to the earth and make a difference in the world in which you live. Dear church, you must see yourself as a warrior. Today is the day, and he begins to talk about putting on the full armor of God. He talks about the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. And basically, as he describes all that, when you are a soldier in the war for the United States of America, the government supplies everything that you need. And when you are a warrior in the kingdom of Christ, the king will supply everything that you need. This is why he said, seek ye first the kingdom of Christ, and all these things shall be added unto you. Whenever you get really focused on the kingdom and you get really focused on growing in Christ, you will begin to recognize that you don't have to worry about things financially because now you're focused on the battle. Now, it's not permission to go be foolish with your, your money. You're called to be a good steward, but you recognize that the Lord is going to supply the needs in order for you to stay active in the battle. If you're not active in the battle, what responsibility does the king of the kingdom have to supply your needs? See, we want easy believism. We want Johnson County Christianity. Jesus, bless me because I believe in you, but I don't want to move a finger to do anything for you. What kind of kingdom is that? Like, what kind of king serves us? If we're in a kingdom and we're his servants and we want to see the authority granted to us, we got to treat him like the king that he is and yield to him and believe that he wants to do something incredible in our lives. When you enlist in Christ's army, what happens is he begins to pick up the tab. And our problem today is that we have too many Christian civilians and not enough warriors. So you could take a major step, right? Like, well, I, well, man, Jimmy's fired up. I am fired up, man. I mean, I'm 48 years old. I've seen the Lord move. I've seen him move. I've seen baptistries filled where Sundays we have 14 people get baptized. In Johnson County, it's hard to get people to get baptized but for fear of what they think other people will think about them. And so sometimes the, the kingdom is not breaking out because we're not being obedient and stepping up and doing the little things that Jesus has asked us to do. Like we need to get comfortable yielding to the Lord and praying for the Holy Spirit to dispense his power in our lives so that we could see a move like we've never seen before. So that when we get on the other side, man, we've lived lives that, that, that the Lord looks at us and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. And so the big idea of today's talk is let's declare war. Could we, could we just quit believing 
that we're a tiny little small church that's placed here? And can we start believing that we are warriors who have been planted right here in this location for this specific time to advance the kingdom of Christ in this community? There is a stronghold on this community. I meet more people who know about God and have no clue what it means to know him than, than I've ever met in my life. And so what I think, I think the stronghold is so powerful that we, like, man, we have got to pray. We have got to yield. We have got to all see ourselves as warriors in the midst of the battle and go, we're going to take this community for Christ. <laughs> like, we're going to take it, man. We're, we're going to see people give their lives to Jesus like, like they've never done before. And we're going to believe that he's going to move in such an amazing way that the walls are going to fall down just like they fell down around the city of Jericho. And, and a revival is going to take place that people are going to recognize because we were serious about what the Lord has called us to do in the kingdom. Thank you for listening to audio from Overland Park Community Church in Overland Park, Kansas. For more information, visit us online at www.overlandpark.cc.